Welcome to the Faction Podcast Take 3 for this week. We've had some technical issues, or or in my case, um, not so much technical issues as human issues, and just me struggling with technology. Hmm. Also, also me struggling with technology, which, if anybody knows me, is nothing new. I am not having any troubles with technology right now, so there. Also a surprise to nobody. Yeah, I was going to say, Dan, I think you're next in line to completely fail to record an episode, because Trent and I have done it once already. But I can see mine. Can't you guys see it recording in front of you? Or like Yeah, it- when I actually think to look. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Pro- the problem was I didn't check until the end of the episode when... Because mine was recording in the episode that it messed up. I just had the wrong mic connected. So it was like adding time and counting up. And I didn't click that the waveform was just flat. Ouch. Yeah, okay. That sucks. But that's alright. I had great fun going back and re-recording my responses and, you know. I think that's... I still think that's one of the best episodes of this podcast so far. We're up to 30 episodes now, which is... Um, Big 3-0. That's how old I am. That's, a, that's an episode every year. Is this the 3 I th- I thought the last one was the 3 The last one was 3 Okay, so we're 31 now. Wow. This is 31, yeah. I'm 31 That's... in just a month, so we have to wait a month, oh. and then we can be even. All right, and then we have to wait and that, a whole, a whole year. year. Yeah. This is our second last show, guys. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Right. We're going to do about 50 more, and then it'll be my birthday, too. So, Or oh, it'll be my Sorry? age. How no, my... <laughs> 36. 50 more? <laughs> this just in, Dan's 80? Uh, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Uh, you look good for your age, Dan. 36. Oh, thanks, man. It, what? So, for those who have just tuned in, Ian, there was another version that we tried to start earlier, and Ian also said something really nice in that one too, so I'm feeling the love, Ian. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we've deleted that bit now, so that won't ever see the light of day. I did, I did go to a Dan Murphy's once and got a six-pack, of JD and Coke, and they ID'd me. This is like maybe three years ago. And the woman goes, God, you look young for your age. And then the woman next to me in line goes, Well, he won't forever if he keeps drinking that shit. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. That's great. That's great. What did she yeah. have? What was she drinking? I can't even remember. Yeah. I just thought, Gee, that's very presumptive of you. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that is fantastic. So, yeah, a couple more podcasts and, and we'll be there. We'll come before we know it. Will it be before? Well, see, I turn early October. Will we have... We, we, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll do the episode 8th of October. Ah, I knew that. Mine's the third. Oh, neat. Yeah. So we may do our... We 30... may do 36 in that week. Yeah, it'd need to be 37, though, because it'd be turning 37. You do look good for your age. You, holy shit. <laughs> you heard it here first. There'll be a double episode week at some point in the next month. Yeah, and I think it's also just more that after you're kind of past 20, um, you realise that 40 is not that far away. Like, Georgie's turning 40 this year, and she does holy not shit. seem like a 40-year-old oh my God. at no, all. No, yeah. not even. Wow, that's mind-boggling, dude. Yeah, I know, right? Like, that's it's just what happens. Something's like, right in the anyways, household. 
<laughs> it's in the water. If someone's got kids and their kids are like past five years old, like there's a good chance, um, unless they had kids really young, there's a good chance that they're getting pretty close to 40. So there you go. Oh, I think especially more and more now. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. People have kids later now. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. So, yeah, there you go. Nearly 40. Well. I can't believe you've got a Lego painter and, you, and your daughter called it Trent. I know. <laughs> that was so, a lie. I felt I took great joy in that. Yeah, so did I. For anyone who, uh, who's not aware, one of my other things that I love collecting, well, not collecting necessarily, but have, have a bit of is Lego, uh, specifically the Creative Modular City Lego. So these were the ones with, you know, the Emporium, Brick Bank, all of that kind of thing. And uh, the latest one I've been putting together is the pet store. And above, well, in the little apartment next door, there's a painter painting the walls. And I built that part of it the other night. And then I took it to my kids. And in the morning, Heidi said, look, look, Thomas, it's Trent. <laughs> and pointed at the painter. <laughs> so uh, fantastic. We had Trent, we had Trent help uh, paint our house and did an incredible job. And it was... Uh, yeah, the kids were, they'll probably remember it forever. I don't know why. It was very impactful. Probably because we're in lockdown, they just don't see that many people. Yeah. And when they saw someone at their house, you know, for a good week or two, whatever, you know, or across a number of different occasions, it was a big deal for them. Yeah, good times. Good times. Good kids. Good kids. Good parents. Good kids usually come from good parents. Oh man, this is like the greatest. I just need to talk to you guys all day, and I'll, I'll feel real good. This is the pump up Papak podcast, <laughs> exactly. Just before the fall, of he takes his trivia and oh he's shit. That's yeah. true. That's what this is. We're just <laughs> making you feel good before we do that. So that's the main thing we're going to do today. We talked about this last week. Um, we're going to test our knowledge on some old sets or old relatively old no the sets we've picked are actually that old no that's right yeah we're gonna we're gonna call out everyone's picked a set we're gonna call out random cards and they've got to say the cmc what it does flavor text and art are gonna be uh extra points for anyone who's I was going to say, I didn't realize we were doing flavor text and art. One, no, no, but if you can just add them you get an extra 0.5 of a of a point maybe i don't know yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, so, Trent, what have you picked? Well, I had two. So, I went with uh, Rivals of Ixalan, as I said last week, or uh, Original Industry. And I think I'll go with Original Industry. Yeah. Mm. That's, I like that's, that. Uh, feeling dangerous. So, Rivals was one of your PT formats, right? What? Mm-hmm. Why do you know Industry so well? Because uh, I really like the set, and I played it a lot, and it's one of the... Greatest draft formats full time, and yeah, I just played a lot of magic, a lot of standard magic back then. Like I was, yeah, I was just like super enfranchised with the industry because I've mentioned I really liked like Avis and Restored and, and things around that time. So yeah. yeah, I think I think I'd I chose a set that is somewhat near and dear to my heart. I know is a good limited set, and I think I should go pretty well with it. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Innistrad is also a set that is um, somewhat nostalgic for me. I, I think it is for a lot of people just because the flavor of that set is a home run. It yep. it feels like a horror set 
in a way that I think um, not a lot of sets have a have a really identifiable yeah, yep. vibe, I think. And not mm-hmm. and especially for something that's so different, right? It's it's quite different from the more traditional fantasy that I think a lot of magic sets um, gravitate towards, even if it's not even if there's there's some variation on it, it's still a lot of the same themes and ideas. But mm. in a side it's very different. Just turned up to ten on like the evil side or the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. Not not the not the force side, but you know what I mean. Like just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like the sadistic and cruel and hateful, like all the all the negative terms that come with that that magic generally doesn't portray are very heavily portrayed in Innistrad. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting as well that Innistrad had such a successful return to block because they found a way to do horror again but do it slightly differently rather than gothic horror they went for eldritch horror with the eldrazi and they managed to find ways to call back mechanics as well so the big one for me was that obviously innistrad is really well known for being the first time we had transform and Mm. double face cards and the fact that they went back to that and they did transform cards double face cards again but they put a twist on it and it was the eldrazi versions and there are a bunch of like werewolves that turned into Eldrazi backsides or, or things that turned into like their transformation was the Eldrazi taking over them, I thought was really, really cool. I, I get really strong Alien vs. Predator vibes from um, the second release set of Innistrad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also the fact that that block had good limited sets as well. As you say, Innistrad's hailed as one of the best draft sets of all time, and to come back and have Eldritch Moon especially, so when, when they had both sets of the return to Innistrad together... Have that be, I think, generally a very positively remembered draft. Yeah, that was great. As well, yeah, yeah. I think they hit. I think they made Delirium work really well. Yeah, I was pretty fond of that set. I remember testing for RPTQs and stuff with. I think I was still in Bendigo at that time, but actually testing online with, with a bunch of people and, and going to. I want to say it was Adelaide. Yeah, it was the RPTQ in Adelaide that. I remember Dom Dom ZQ'd for with one of the worst draft decks of all time, but he had a <laughs> he had an Arlen cord in it and like a traverse and he couldn't get delirium, but oh sorry, and it might have been green black and he picked up Arlen cord and then he used his traverse as a layer of the land to get his mountain to play Arlen cord. He just happened <laughs> to do it like every game or something. His deck was atrocious, but Dom's a master, so it worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is interesting, though, because we see so often in magic sets, but also just in media more broadly and like film, that often the sequel is such a disappointment. And so for this sequel to be such a like great result is especially impressive. Mm. Yeah. They, they, they have a pretty good track record of that, though, don't they? Of when they return somewhere or do something that references another plane. They usually they do that pretty well. Like they, they was considered universally successful with you know dominaria yeah i think well so dominaria i think is a bit different because there's been so many sets on dominaria oh, because okay, all of sure. the early sets were on dominaria but i do agree that when we had dominaria a couple of years ago it was quite good the one i think of is uh return to zendikar really bad mm-hmm. i think generally return to ravnica is viewed as not as good as original ravnica that is okay. certainly the third ravnica set was not as good as the second one no. yeah yeah yeah, I have. Yeah, I've heard that about Zendikar actually. So yeah, I think mostly with Zendikar, it's just it it went away from 
the idea of the original Zendikar because the original Zendikar was adventure world, right? That was it was meant to be like Indiana Jones essentially, and then the second one was Eldrazi world, which is a big like thematic departure, departure I think, <laughs> and that's why people expected it to be adventure world still, and it wasn't. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas in Estrad, people expected horror, and they got horror, but they got a slightly different flavor of horror, so that it wasn't just Innistrad the same. It was different enough, but still connected, which I think was cool. Yeah. What was All it? of which makes me excited for Innistrad at the end of this year. In fact, it's I think it's the next set, the next two sets we have, and to see Correct. what they do with that. It's a high bar. But mm-hmm. Have they started spoiling cards yet? I don't believe so. I believe we have some amount of story okay. and, and like characters, but we don't have any cards yet. I think the first official like preview stream is actually this week, is my understanding. There's some stream, I heard. Okay, so they've given us a good week and a half without spoilers then. That's good. There's a lot of breathing room. Yeah, that's right, exactly, before a whole new standard set's released. Wow. Yeah. For my set, I picked Kaladesh. Um, this is just going to be funny as hell. Like, this is going to be ridiculous. And I reckon I'll get more than Papak. Oh, no. Yeah, I reckon Trent and I will both know Kaladesh pretty well. <laughs> you, you, you don't say, guys. <laughs> I, now, yes, you will absolutely get more than me. I just like the look of Kaladesh. So it is a very just, cool world. It it's a first... very cool world. Yeah, when I started playing, Kaladesh was the standard. Like, it was the new set when I started playing. So, um, yep. for, for me, it holds uh, somewhat of a dear place in my heart. Artwork, the whole thing. I mean, yeah. uh, like, if we're talking about Return Twos, and this just maybe one hundred... Minus Zelda's not that old when it comes to magic. But, Matt, if, if they were like, we're doing a Return to Kaladesh, that would be the first time ever. And maybe this is where they get so much... Uh, built up kind of uh, I don't know what the word is love for their IP to where like if they release Kaladesh remastered or not not sorry not Kaladesh remastered but like we, we're going back to Kaladesh I'd be just buying up booster boxes and artwork books and all kinds of stuff because I love the mm-hmm. world so much and it's got such a feeling of starting to play magic for me that that yeah, would be off cool. the chain I feel like they they were just they couldn't not hit it out of the park basically because it's got all the stuff that I've ended up coming to love as well which i didn't when i first started playing necessarily but artifacts and yeah just all of that stuff the the masterpieces that they had the whole thing just seemed so cool and i got that little uh my first product was a a fat pack this is after that experience that i explained to you guys where i first first started playing and just walked into a random games world or whatever and and got a pack yeah. of modern masters and a pack of whatever the set was at the time, which I guess would have technically been a few months before this. But my first product is I walked into Preston um, NLG and I said to Jeff, I've discovered that I enjoy this game. What do I do? And even then he was like, well, you can like buy a, a pack of this. And I was like, no, no, no give me a bit more than a pack. <laughs> even then. Uh, <laughs> and ended up getting, I think I went home with a couple of fat packs and just those artwork books. The whole thing, man. Sahili Rai on the front. Loved it. Didn't like read the stories because I never, I'm just not a law nerd, but um, which I always kind of want to be a law nerd and get into law, but I just can never, it never ends up resonating or sticking for long enough with me. But mm. yeah, that artwork, the whole thing was just like, wow, 
What's the What's the first card that comes to your mind when somebody says Kaladesh? Uh, Carry Zev because Carry Zev. Oh, see, when he here's the thing, and this is going to be what's going to be also embarrassing about me trying to do this tonight is because I came just it was like a week or two before Aether Revolt landed as well. So I say Kaladesh is the first, but I confuse a lot of Aether Revolt cards for Kaladesh cards. Mm. So I may embarrassingly confuse every now and then a, a card that I think is one or the other set. Like for ages, I was like, oh, Walking Ballista is a, a Kaladesh card because it's like an artifact yeah. and it's all this stuff. And then I came to realize that, yeah, it's obviously either Revolt. So I'm sure that'll happen once or twice, but we'll see. That's the exact way I am with Dark Ascension in Innistrad because I'm the same. I started playing when Dark Ascension was the newest set technically, but because there's so much mix between like even just drafting, right? Mm-hmm. You don't really ever get just just Dark Ascension or just Aether Revolt. No, exactly. And I think my first draft, because once I'd bought the fat packs and I was, started playing at home and trying to force Georgie to play, the I was like, I've got to go play, and but I didn't have a deck or anything. So I went, turned up again at the store and was like, you know, when's an event, when's something happening? And he was like, well, if you don't have cards, go to a draft. And... It could have been, it must have been the mixed block one with both of them because I remember having a walking ballista in my deck and not understanding what it does at all and being getting to the end of the draft and being like, this card sucks, man. It's like a 1-1 one, one. <laughs> or it's like a 2-2 two, two, no, no matter what I seem to do. Like, and, you know, because can you imagine not understanding how the stack or priority works and trying oh, to yeah. win a draft with walking ballista? Like... Mm. I just mm-hmm. had no hope, so I just play it as a two-two or a three-three. Yeah. A lot of X's on that card. Yeah, exactly. And it took ages. That was actually one of the cards that really, before Modo showed it to me visually, it was one of the cards that helped me learn to visualize the stack mm-hmm. because I would see opponents, you know, op- opponents at F and M. I would notice would go like, "I'll dome you for six or whatever," and. and take off all the counters but then i played a ptq uh, or sorry an, uh, whatever the one is that where you're not you don't have to be good to play it <laughs> P- pptq pptq yeah yeah and seeing the opponents would consistently take one counter off at a time say remove a counter from walking ballista and wait for the response remove a counter remove a counter and then they might say something like i'll continue to do that until i've removed x amount of counters if you're not stopping it you know or, or whatever and i was like oh so by doing it one thing at a time that lets the opponent do something in response and that would add a card on top on the stack or an effect. So that's how I, the, the card that started teaching me about how the stack works. It's really interesting. I do think mm. the stack is the single most complicated thing in Magic when you're trying to teach someone who's new to the game. The idea of, I do a thing, but then before that thing happens, you can do something if you want. Is, yep. And I, I sometimes think about what Magic would be like if, you didn't have the stack like because other tcgs have this sometimes where just like you say i'm activating this ability and it just happens and there's no chance to respond and how drastically that would change magic yeah like i'd do things like have um two shocks in hand playing a my first standard deck was a mardu vehicles deck and i would like i might have two shocks in my hand and i'd get to the end of their turn or my turn and i wouldn't i, I didn't know that there was like at the end step, it, the priority passes between both players and then it goes to clean up or, or the next turn. So I would kind of be like, 
<laughs> sometimes I would just, I remember with Harold once playing and this was an FNM and I just turned my hand over. I was like, I know you're on three and I've got two shocks in my hand. Can I kill you before your turn? He's like, dude, of course you can. <laughs> He's like, just cast them both and I'll die. I was like, all right, cool, cool. Because I wasn't sure like <laughs> if it, if there was a point that it, the game stopped you, which is, I think the best thing about Modo for new players, if you are looking to understand things like how the stack works is jump on there because you see how triggered abilities and activated ability and everything, how it all interacts on the stack. Uh, and it makes you such a better player. My gosh, it's a huge level up. When I learned uh, the person who taught, one of the people that taught me properly, his name was uh, Owen Hodges. And he used to go to his joint and like, play other games and, and, uh, and whatnot. But he wrote out the, the step tracker that's on Modo. So like uh, untap, upkeep, draw, main phase, begin combat, all that. And he rewrote it out and it was stuck to his table. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's the, literally the best learning tool you'll ever have. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, understanding. Because that would be the other thing is like people that, you know, when I started playing modern at FNM, you know, people have been dealing and clicking on you. And I'm like, have I drawn my card? Like, can I, you know, like they'd say, do it on this step. And you're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And you just end up showing them all your cards probably before they even actually said that you were the one being targeted. Then you write, then you write down their, old, their entire hand and target yourself. And then you yes. get then you get then you get disqualified for the Grand Prix because that's cheating. Oh yeah, wasn't someone? Is that, wait, sorry, is that a real story? That is, someone that, getting disqualified? that is a real story. There was a really good thread a couple of days ago on, on Twitter about good cheating stories in Magic, and if I'm not mistaken, that was one of them. Yeah, I don't want to put my name to uh, the, the name to it because I can't remember exactly, but that is exactly what happened. Is uh, player A cast Medillion click, player B let it resolve then open their hand up, player A wrote all the cards down in their hand and then said, I'll target myself. The judge was immediately called and they were disqualified. Wow. So that's, huh, that's like scummy to me, but interesting that it was actually ruled just straight up cheating. Yeah, the the insinuation was that he very much said, cast Vendillion click, kind of pointed to the opponent, like, but but then, then would later say, oh, no, no, that... I, I, to me, this was the insinuation that would, would kind of later say, no, no, I'm saying to, to just, just click resolve, not sure. that I'm, I'm pointing at you because I'm targeting you, you know, and maybe the guy was tapped out. Who knows? Yeah, like, yeah, the insinuation yeah. was that it was like overwhelmingly dodgy, not just, you know, angle shooting or playing kind of on the edge of the rules. Regardless of ambiguity, it's so scummy. It's just the worst. It is, yeah. Yeah, oh, man, scummy though. One of them, someone linked to a video. It's like a uh, bolt you... Bolt, you, you're in 20, uh, you're on 16, go. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, um, the, the story Patrick Sullivan told on the Resleavables. I don't remember which one because I'm partway through re-listening to all of them about the tell me when I can bolt you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> which, for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast, certainly, uh, well, you know, finish this episode first and then go listen to the Resleavables. Basically, this is years ago. He was saying, this is back when um, the rules of magic were enforced very differently. And he was saying, people used, they'd say, tell me when I can bolt you. As in, like, tell me when I have priority. People would go, um, I mean, you can bolt me now. And they go, they go, okay, cool. So you've passed priority, I'll pass priority, and now it's my turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's specifically the one that he was saying, I think, was uh, in regards to someone having a packed trigger on the stack. 
and then and then him saying obfuscating somehow that the the pack trigger on the stack and saying can i do this or whatever and then they're being like yeah i can and they'd be like great well then you're in your draw step and and i win <laughs> so good so, that's fucking yeah. great <laughs> yeah <laughs> but some of the ones like i watched this video it was a star city open or something it was a major star city event top eight burn verse it was a legacy uh no sorry it wasn't legacy was it i forget what the format was um, it's hard to say because I'm like there was an idol on of the revel, but I'm like that could have been standard at the time. But anyway, it was a, a burn player versus a green red creatures player, and in game two, so the green white uh, green red guy wins game one, and then the burn player draws eight cards. Clearly, like you don't even. And it's so funny because even when you're not looking at it, looking for cheating, you're so you become so used to when you play enough paper magic. You, you just you hear the cards coming off the top if they're drawing that way and you just you know what seven is going to sound like and when it goes one too many and i'm like hold on a second the guy's just drawn eight cards on camera and then he's what he's actually done is drawn nine he's put one then into his hand and then pretended that that last one he's held it next to the deck and and the opponent's like dude why is there a card just sitting next to your deck and he's like oh yeah just slipped off the top blah blah blah, blah. And they're all kind of like Laughy, laughy, but you can tell his opponent knows that something super dodgy is going on. And the burn player plays his land, plays a creature, comes back to him, and immediately after drawing, his opponent goes, lay down your hand. And he lays it out, and there's eight cards when there should... Well, there's one too many, whatever it is, nine or whatever it is, there's one too many card in his hand. And uh, the game is over. So don't cheat on camera. Like, what the hell? Don't cheat. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just don't cheat, but also, yeah, the the like stupidity of continuing to cheat on camera is like what. Some yeah, people can't, some people can't help themselves. Like some people, can't. it's yeah, it's just. And yeah. when you know that yeah. that's what they're doing, you can read their body language and their face in such a different way. Like when you rewind it, and you're like, okay, he knows he's doing something super dodgy, and he's probably going to get caught because he's on camera. How does he act? And he just his whole personality changes when he takes that last the two cards off the top his whole personality and you know immediately the hands go around his stomach he's he's just not feeling okay and his opponent must have also sensed that um just the whole mood changed it's crazy to watch so trent what card do you think of when you think of kaladesh because i there's a very clear one i think of chandra oh interesting just yeah the best card in the set good choice just what so good best card in the set outside of copter yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I think for Stan, I think you're right. Copter is definitely actually. I reckon it's not. Copter is definitely the best, but I think Chandra was just like turned up to twelve. The artwork was fucking incredible. Awesome. That thing is yeah, just man. nuts. That card is so good. Like, I think it's criminally underplayed in formats. I, I'm not sure why it doesn't get. A lot of play. Like I don't understand why it doesn't get played in Highlander. Actually, I'm on this like new kick of looking at different decks, like more aggressive decks in Highlander, and I'm just it's just one of those cards that's just popped into my mind lately. About wow, this card is mm-hmm. insane. I just remember playing standard at the time, and you had the six the six cost Chandra and the four cost Chandra, and yeah, that uh, yeah. it was just so good. Yeah, and it was also was it the second? It was the first red Planeswalker that had four activated abilities. It was the first Planeswalker apart from Jason Lionscope, though. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. 
She was when when I first got my first standard deck, she was in it, and so also have a super soft spot for that card. Love it. Mm. And you're right, it's the artwork, it's everything, it's her, the just the whole thing. Yeah, it's so it's a cool card. Yeah. It's a really cool card. Yeah. And you know what? One of my earliest memories actually of a PPTQ is playing against um, Pete from the faction, the faction's own Pete. And he may not remember this because this is going back a lot. I mean, this is when I first started playing and he was playing whatever the green deck was. Who was the big the spider that had a lot of counters? Ishkana. Um, oh. Ishkana. Sorry, no, no. Yeah, not, yeah, not counters. A lot of little yeah, spiders. Yeah, Ishkana, Graf Widow. Ishkana. Yeah, Ishkana. Yeah, so he played Ishkana, Graf Widow and... Uh, in my head, I was like, yes, right into the trap. I've got Chandra in my hand. Mm. I do in my head, and I'm like, play Chandra, take it down, Ishkana. And he just deadpan fucking looks mm. me in the eye, and he's like, resolves. I'm like, great, mm. pick it up. He's like, resolves. I'm like, no. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, yeah. that's a mammoth spider, my dude. That's not oh, a giant spider. It was so Ooh. funny. Like He was just absolutely deadpan, and I was like, Man, this guy knows what's up. That is one of my favorite moments in Magic, actually, is the moment where your opponent casts, generally it's a burn spell, and you look at them and go, resolves? <laughs> yeah. Like, one of us is missing something yeah. here. Yeah, man. The last, the last Highlander event. Oh, I'm so glad I get to, talk, to say this. Round one, I got paired against uh, the faction's very own Nathan Drew Whalen, and uh, <laughs> promptly stomped him in game one, and then game two... It gets turn four, and I put Sylvan Library on the stack, and he counterspells it. And I Dobin's Veto, and uh, he red blasts my Dobin's Veto. <laughs> and I just look at him, and uh, Mulch is sitting next to us, so I go, that resolves. Oh. And then they take the second, he goes, yeah, right. And, uh, <laughs> and the game ended. <laughs> Actually, that's... I feel like it was at that same PBTQ that I played Nathan as well, and beat him in game three by casting ribbons out of my bin. Oof. And he was like, I forgot that that's a card. <laughs> I was like, nice. I beat, because he was one of our, uh, at Preston, one of the end bosses at the, uh, at the FNM and beating him in a, I think it was a PBTQ that I did that in. I was like, nice. We can win. Nice. Right, good. So while we're on the topic of either of you, got any other good stories about beating Nath or? Oh, I got a few. I got a few. <laughs> But it's we've only got up. we've only got like an hour left, so, <laughs> yeah. so we could just can we can we save that for out. We'll, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll make a whole other podcast. Thanks, Nath. How to beat Nath? That's going to become our upper deck games. Is <laughs> just Trent telling us the story of a time he beat Nath. Sounds great. One an episode. Yeah, perfect. I wish um I actually wish that tracker was still live because you know how you could like type in your name and then you could detail yeah. it on the sheet and it tell you like your wins and losses against people. Yeah. yeah, I wonder what it would yeah. be for Nathan and I. Maybe I'll have to have to do a bit of um, like scrubbing up, a bit of memory, a bit of uh, memorizing. <laughs> mm-hmm. My last thing on Kaladesh before before I reveal my chosen set, which you know we're just trying to build suspense, is I love that even so Kaladesh's symbol is like that curly, the framework, framework, and I love that that so encapsulates what I really like about this set, which is all of the curly shapes and all of the metal and all of the clouds and even, like, the plants. Everything has these, like, curled details. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for real. There was that awesome island that had the curvy kind of 
shores. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Really didn't like Calidish Limited. Oh, okay. Is it not? I don't. I just didn't oh, play. I, played I didn't that like one it. Time. It did not resonate with me either. That that and Aether Revolt. Uh, neither of them resonated with me. Oh, interesting. I liked Aether Revolt. Um, I didn't really like Kaladesh. It had balance issues and it had Renegade Freighter issues. Mm -hmm. Renegade Freighter issues for sure. Um, which thankfully they removed from from Kaladesh. Yeah, yeah. Which it like the fact that I don't know what that card is. I, that's how laughable this is going to be when I when <laughs> I try and name a random card. Can you like? Is there a way of searching? Via was also in a, you know, tier one or two deck <laughs> standard at the time. <laughs> Not Renegade Freighter. <laughs> it's the only hope that I've got of getting more than maybe one right in this challenge. But we'll see how we go. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Um, and so the set I've picked is actually Gate Crash. Oh, is back. okay. Yeah. So, and I'm not totally sure why this is the one um, I remember well. But I was just thinking through sets and I had um, a little bit of a look at, like just looking through lists of sets and trying to think about what I knew. And interestingly, Gatecrash was the one where I was like, I feel like I know most of these cards, which is interesting because I know I didn't draft it that much because this was, you know, about a year after I started playing. So it's probably the first set I drafted multiple times, but like I wasn't going to FNM at this point. Not a great draft set either. No, also a pretty rancid draft set, uh, to be honest. Wow. But compared to something like Arrow of Devastation, which I've drafted a lot, for some reason I think Ravnica just really resonates with me. I think I think what it is is I like cities, actually. I, I definitely love the city in, yeah, Kaladesh, I thought it was sick. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like cities in general. Okay. And this is especially I like the way all of the traditional fantasy things translate to a city world and to city worlds. So things like, where do the forests go? Like, we have sure. to have forests because it's magic, but it's a city. So, like, I guess there's some, like, garden areas or stuff. Or, like, how do we make mountains in this city? You know, yes. that sort of thing. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Or how do people get around? What does transport look like? What does anything, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. the set I've picked, and then we'll get to that. I reckon, though, we might jump back and start with Innistrad. We might start there. Send it. <laughs> oh, I love his confidence. All right, so Dan is going to generate a random card using Scryfall because I'm going to play along a little bit and see how much I remember. Yeah, it can be like Family Feud. If, if Trent just can't get yeah. it, then uh, Ian can help can along with buzzes? his vast magical knowledge. <laughs> oh, <that'd> be... <laughs> we just, you just say our name. So I'll go, Nathan. So no, so, no. Nathan. Maybe one day on the sponsored version of this podcast, we'll get buzzards. We'll get a little bit more upmarket. Um, but for now, this is your specialty round. So I only get to chime in if you get it wrong. Oh, okay. So I'm not planning to say anything for the next 20 minutes. How many rounds? How, 10? Uh, Wait, is that way too many? I reckon we'll just keep going till we've done, call it 10 or 15 minutes on each set. Because yep, it'll depend how much fun. we get sidetracked and talk. The point of this is more to generate us of talking course. about, oh, remember that card, remember this set, you know? So it depends yeah, on how sidetracked we get. Yeah, exactly. All right, sweet. I'm not really scoring, you know? Like, I am. I'm all here for it. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Yeah, all right, you keep score. Okay, 
Uh, we're going to hit the random Innistrad card. Number one, round number one, Trent. Uh, what is Vampiric Fury? Uh, one in a red instant uh, target. Vampiric Fury. Uh, shit. I was thinking it was, I think it, I think it, thinking it was Shore Strike, but now it's not. Um. Is it creatures? No, sure, creatures you control get plus two plus zero vampires gain first strike? Fuck. That's pretty bloody close. It's I think it's just only vampires you control get plus two plus zero on first strike and nothing else gets anything. Ding ding ding. Ian's correct. Ah. Um but come on, that no no, you'd get I'd say surely Trent gets full, but that's close enough, right? Like he's almost just kind of set it a little bit backwards. Surely that's a point. <laughs> Go half a point. That's fine. I'll take half a point. I, I'm not scoring it, so I... <laughs> wait. Because no, no. Because I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying to save myself here. Because All right, I'll give. My, I'll give myself. I'll give myself a point. That's fine. Moving on. All right. No. So. So. Bon- for bonus, do you have any idea what the art is or the flavor text? Um. I. I know the artwork. I have no idea about the flavor text. Hit me with the artwork. Uh, the artwork is like this female vampire, like. Tearing shit into something, pretty much. Yeah, it's three of them, but one the middle one. Yeah, is the most female. prolific one is female. And, yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah, and yeah, it's just some dude getting eaten. Sick. All right. Uh, so, hundred percent points. I say in that round, that was pretty close. Like, because imagine someone was like, oh, yeah. actually, all right, we'll, we'll just continue. We'll keep going. I just want to say as well on that topic of you know having buzzers. Someday we're going to do this in person with like a giant spinning wheel as well. And it'll oh. just have all the card names on it. That sounds great. That's sick. Yeah, I, I'm all about that. Um, if we can somehow incorporate hot sauce or something just to make it funny, that'd be good. <laughs> card number two is... Oh, get out. Passed in flames. Yeah, okay. <sighs> three, three in a red. Uh, all instants and sorceries in your graveyard have flashback. And then it flashes back for, I want to say seven, six in a red. Four and a red. Oh, yeah, four and a red. Four and a red. I know that one very well because I own Modern Storm, so... Yeah, I, I've never never played that one. But it's got Overload on it. It's a sorcery. Yes. It and, Overload. Uh, it has Flashback. Oh, Flashback, flashback yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Four and a red Flashback. Um, artwork? It's a... It's pretty good. It's the... Um, what's her name? The, the Olivia Voldaren holding a red cup. Yeah, in front of a burning house. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Um, and there's new art for this as well. There's like a there's multiple arts. Oh, I haven't there's like seen Chandra. Man. There's a signature spellbook Chandra art. There's Modern Masters got new art that's just like looks like some young woman standing in front of a giant burning castle in the background. And there's a time spot. There's an old border version of this as well. Okay, yeah. It's been reprinted a lot. I don't know. Like looking, see when I read out past in flames and i'm like oh that's not fair because that's a card everyone knows i then quickly closed my eyes and was like do i know exactly what past in flames costs i'm like no <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely not it's definitely not like the flashback side is not something that i was had any idea yeah. about that's not yeah. a trent card that's very much an ian card i'm very yeah. familiar with that card all right round three Can I put money up? There's no way you get this. Silver inlaid dagger. Oh, I know that one. What? Absolutely. 
Uh, it's That's one s- mana. Uh, want to say two to equip. Uh, Chain of creatures plus one plus zero. If it's a human, it gets an additional plus two plus zero. Oh man, that is so close. Yeah, it's. So you- I think it's plus two plus. Is it? No, it's. It's only. One plus one plus O, and then an additional plus one plus O. Well, that's what Trent said. No, Trent said it was the bonus if you're a human is plus two plus O. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so uh, oh. Trent's Trent's almost closer in that it's actually yeah, just those two things yeah. um, switched over. So, equipped creature gets plus two plus O. As long as the equipped creature is a human, it gets an additional plus one plus O. Mm. Mm. That was a good uh, one. Equip two. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, so, yep. Yep, this yeah, reminds yeah. me as well. I love that the equipment in this set. So the set has quite a lot of equipment, which wasn't really that true up to this set. I don't think in general, outside of like Meriden, right? But it's all just random household items and stuff. Yeah, because dope. that's like the horror trope. So it's like pitchforks and like a blazing torch and a silver inlaid dagger and just like a hatchet. You know, that mm. is cool. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you know, the the. The but- mace that's that slew the great demon, whoever you know, the butcher's yeah, cleaver, shitty knife. Yeah, yeah, right. It's it's so cool and it's so flavorful and fits the the tone of the world so well. Next round four is fiend hunter. Oh, uh, one white white for a one three uh, human. When it enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until fiend hunter leaves the battlefield. No, it's close, but not quite. So it's firstly it's two separate abilities. This is the older version where it has yeah, an ATB and XR. That. I knew that. I just sidetracking it. But also it's no. Well, so that's important to note. Then because there was a bigger thing are, you missed. Th- there yeah. are a bunch of shenanigans with like stacking the triggers. I but the bigger thing that. you missed, the bigger thing you missed is it targets any creature, including your own. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was it my creature. I just went with a yeah. I wasn't sure if it's a gonna... or an opponent's. No, it's a, it's it's another. So yeah. this is important because. It was used in Angel of Glory's yeah, Rise Angel, combo I should have known. I should have known. And we're also, yeah. I mean, the, the the bigger the bigger miss was that it's a human cleric. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was a relevant tribe in this set. Right? Cleric. Yeah. yeah. Can we? Yeah, I'm hoping that our scoring is is lax enough that he gets full points for that too, right? Like even I don't know, man. I am gonna do so bad. We're just gonna blast through mine, right? Because it's gonna be embarrassingly bad. I'm not scoring, but I do think only targeting a creature you control would have made it noticeably worse. Just because that was a key feature of a tier one standard. Yeah, I I, I won't get points there. I should have known that. Okay, I, I right, live so you're standard. Three out of four, then. Yeah, I live through definitely get them. I got a lift. Yeah. I got a lift. Sorry. So to, so to recap, Vampiric Fury, perfect. Passing Flames, perfect. Oh, just fine. Silver in the dagger, fine. But Fiend Hunter, all right, we'll we'll let you lose there. Uh, Markov Patrician. Uh, three mana, three one lifelink. Two and a black. Oh man, that was yep. snapped it off, bro. Yeah, that's wow. Okay, give, give me the flavor text. <laughs> no, but it's a it's like a young looking girl with a hand on her chin. In a black yeah, she dress. looks like a yep. yeah, yeah. She looks like an older version of Vampirina that my my kids used to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires of the Markov bloodline pride themselves on their exquisite taste in fashion, mm. art, and wine of the vein. Mm. You knew that. I think it's really interesting to note that I know we're only five cards in, but that's the first one that you've actually gotten word for word correct, even though you and even to me, some sense, we think we know these cards really well, and then... I never said I knew them well. Just caveat, I never said I knew them well. I mean, you, 
blasted that one off. Fair enough. I think it's I think it's interesting how much we um we like you internalize the the main things of the card or like the idea of the card, but not always every single little detail. Like you know that silver and like daggers yeah. and equipment, it's a cheap equipment, and it gets more of a bonus if they're a human. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, the little exactly. things of like which number is where is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Next card, and you should. This looks like it would be. An, an insanely good card in limited ambush viper. Uh, one on the green, two one flash death touch. And it's yeah, a man. Is it a snake or a viper? Snapped it off. Uh, well, it a, a, vi- a viper is a snake. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was had a like if it was a viper. Oh, it's sorry. Creature type is creature snake. Yeah, yeah, because ambush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was okay. It was it always made your deck. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, that's why people. That's why is... people call snapcaster mages ambush vipers. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I'll give you a next card, which is Snapcaster okay. Mage. Let's do the next one. <laughs> All right. Get, no, 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 screw this one up. Go. I can't. Oh, you can't. You literally can't. Okay. Thanks, card. How many Snapcaster Mages do you think you've cast in paper? No idea. More than, like more than almost, more than almost any other card I've cast in, yeah. uh, in Paper Magic. Yeah. Yeah. It is a sick card. Nightbird's Clutches. Uh, one of the black sorcery, two creatures can't block this turn flashback for three and a red. It's Man. it's red both sides. It's, yeah, it's one and a red on the front side, flashback three. Ah, I thought it was black. Yeah. Flashback two and a red, three and a red. No. Three and a red. Yeah, three and a red. No, no, no. Yeah, you got it. You, like, other than the fact that you said one and a black, uh, everything else is perfect. I actually thought it was a black card. Even the flashback was perfect. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, that, was, that was a good card. Uh, it's um, Ravens. It's giant raven. Yeah, man. And she, uh, the huge raven is carrying a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think this is round one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is Wooden Stake. Ooh. Uh, it wasn't a great card. It was... Um, I think it was it one mana. Like a good card. It's common. One mana, equipment... Uh, I want to say Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus zero. If a vampire, werewolf, or there's another type that I can't, vampire, werewolf, or zombie was dealt damage by a creature equipped with the stake, destroy it, and its equip cost is one? Yeah, so you're kind of close, but you probably don't get across the line. It, for a start, it costs two. Uh... Not one. You did get equipped creature gets plus one plus zero, which if you're just kind of like randomly guessing. No, I knew that. I knew that part. Yeah, okay. And this next part, you can see why this is kind of complicated. So whenever equipped creature blocks or becomes blocked by a vampire, destroy that creature. It can't be regenerated. Yeah. Yeah. It also also doesn't have to deal the combat damage, which is important. Yeah, this was not... This was was not a high pick in limited. So it was was not playable, I don't think. (laughs) This card's like an A plus sideboard card against the vampire yeah. deck and rubbish everyone. Yep, yep. So I'll miss on that one. Which, That's fine. Which is an interesting. It's a really interesting thing to have in this format. Is that there's these commons that just randomly like hose one of the decks. Mm. <laughs> this is why. This is part of the reason. This is part of the reason why these um, these draft sets were much more interesting than the ones that they've come out with lately. Because yeah. I've I've touched on it so many times, right? Of like lack of playable, like not not said as lack of playables in industry because it was an incredibly deep set, but lack of playables versus these days, like the the 
the amount of Fs in packs these days is so like so little because all the creatures are playable. All the creatures have power and toughness, a power and toughness ratio, or do something to affect the board state, or the equipment does something relative to your main deck. Whereas cards back in, I mean, even in Australia, but before that, like this is just a straight F. You can't put this card in your deck, you know, outside of having it as picking it as a sideboard card. Mm-hmm. But there's so many more bad cards as well that you you weren't even begrudgingly playable. You didn't you didn't want to play this. Then there's more of these rather than today's standards. Mm-hmm. Round ten, one-eyed scarecrow. Shit. It's <laughs> a uh, three mana. Uh, creatures. Oh, I want to say creatures with flying your opponent control gets negative one, negative zero. It's a defender. And is it a one, three? It's a two, three, but it might be right. a two, three. That's insane. Yeah, again. I just understand. You're like, you're like, oh. Pause. I don't know what this card is. Go on to describe every line. I am, I am exactly on a laptop with no mouse, so there's no way I'm cheating. Yep. Uh, oh, no, no. I'm not even insinuating that. I'm just saying that's it's pretty impressive. Like, you clearly know this set very well. Did it have reach or is it just Defender? Just, just Defender. Okay. Farm well, otherwise, everything you said, except 2-3. It was yeah, a 2-3? Two, exactly. 2-3. Two, okay. Yep. Yep. I was tossing between 1-3 or 2-3. Yeah, if you go on super deep, also it's an artifact creature yeah, scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, I should have said that. Um, which is somewhat relevant because in EDH, people love fucking scarecrows. Mm-hmm. Like, similar like how they like squirrels and shit. Isn't they there a rare? That shit. It's because Reaper King's so cool. Yeah, yeah it's Reaper King. And it's yeah. Wor- is it worth a bit? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's played in EDH, it's definitely... I bet One-Eyed Scarecrow is worth more than you'd think as well, just because... Everyone who plays it probably there's like not that many scarecrows. Sure, no, it's um, it's, it's not. Australia got printed so much. Twenty three cents true. US. Okay, yeah, that's true. It's a common and Australia. Yeah, got printed a lot. yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, who's playing this in EDH? <laughs> yeah, also a two yeah, three defender. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, I'm getting major Westfall vibes from the artwork, though. It's so mm-hmm. sick. I can see, yes, I can see dead mines yeah, off dude. to the left yeah, there. Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the artwork pictured in my head. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And it says, farmhands and priests mutter curses at the ragged thing. It unnerves more than just the crows. Ugh, Scary stuff, cool set, dude. Man. Yeah, I like it. Um, should we hit you again? That was 10. Do you want a bonus round? Uh, sure. Do a bonus round. Shh. Shimmering Grotto. Oh, it's land, colorless land, taps for, taps for one, and then it filters. So pay one yeah. and add exactly. one in color. Yeah. Yep. That is that's a, that's a crap. That, that's a crap bonus round. Give me another one. Yeah, I'll give you all. It's <laughs> not, not in a strat. That's not in a strat. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Bonds of Fae. Ooh. Uh, Enchantment oh, Aura. Finally... Enchantment Aura, one in the white. Uh, in... Oh, shit. Uh, it's a pacifism on a non-human, and if it's on a human, they get plus two, plus zero? Oh? Plus two, plus two. Plus two, plus two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. What cannot be destroyed will be bound. That was a good Both one. Everson. That was a that, that, was, good. that was a good yeah. limit card. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, I reckon let's move on to Kaladesh then. Okay. I'm happy with that. I'll, I'll accept my fate. 
this is going to be extremely laughable. Like, don't waste too much time in this. I will tell you when I don't know and someone else can have a crack because looking at that even, I'm like, well, yeah, let's just see how we go. All right, first card, Midnight Oil. Oh, it's an, it's, it's an artifact. I can see the artwork. Wow, that's weird. Um, just tell me when you're ready. Oh, is it an artifact that's something like tap to do three damage? It's, it costs one and you tap it, pay three, tap it to do three damage? No, I don't know. That's uh, zero points. Three, <laughs> what is it? Uh, I actually think I'm wrong. Oh, no, Midnight, no, midnight Oils are rare. It's two black, two... Sorry, two black, two colorless. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has six oil, has oil counters. I think it's six or seven. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove an oil counter and draw an additional card. And at your end step, you can only have cards equal to the amount of oil counters on Midnight Oil. Yeah, basically. So two black, black enchantment. It enters with seven hour counters. Hour, at the yeah. beginning of at the beginning of your draw step, you draw an extra card and you remove two counters from it. And then your hand size, your maximum hand size is equal to the number of counters on it. And whenever you discard a card, you lose one life. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a weird howling mine that reduces your hand size, but you mostly played it in aggro decks, so you didn't care about that. And this actually saw some constructed play as well in Yeah, I recall it being constructed and also quite good in limited. Because you just cited in in like red black aggro decks when you mm-hmm. just wanted a personal howling mine. You didn't care that you had no hand size after a few turns because you just play everything comes both, off the top. Yeah, played both spells. Yeah. Like maybe you had to discard a land if you drew two lands or whatever. I uh, I nearly got that confused with burning oil, which is from the Innistrad <laughs> set. Because I was, yeah. yeah, I nearly snapped that off, and I'm like, <laughs> wait, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. See, this is how far removed my guess is, is the card that I think I'm thinking of is the one in Eldraine where they're pouring boiling oil off the... Scalding, the scalding cauldron. Yeah, that effect of, like, pay three or whatever and do three damage or whatever it is, tap it, whatever. That's a single... See, I don't even know that. That costs this one, so and then it's three taps, sack it to bolt something, I think? Okay, yeah, no, that's, that's what I said, yeah. So that I literally described that card then. That's the card that I literally just described as my guess. Because I said cost one, tap it for three, sack. Yeah, do three damage. Three tap, sack. Oh, bolt a creature. doesn't go face. No, no, it doesn't go upstairs. That makes sense for a cauldron, really. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, next card. Perpetual timepiece. Not a chance. This is terrible. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is so bad. Trent, do you know this one? No, no idea. So this one, I've, so I've, I've, I haven't read the text of this, um, which I guess you should have to trust me on that, but what I mean, I have nothing to gain from this. Cost two. This was played in like weird graveyard decks because it's like, it's like taps to mill a card or it's or, or shuffle a card back in or something. Oh, I know the card you're talking about, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at it now. So cost two artifact tap. Put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Two and exile it to shuffle any number of target cards from your graveyard into your library. So this was played in. Um, like prized amalgam decks a little bit around this time because it was like the the best mill enable you had. It's like a bad treacle. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Garbage. Garbage in draft. Like unplayable in draft. So uh, that must be why I didn't know that one. All right. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how the next one goes. All right. 
Thriving Grubs. Okay, it's... This one you might get, actually. It's, it's one in a black. No, that's two in a... It wouldn't be one in a black. It'd be two in a black. Um, it's a grub. <laughs> two, two. Um, whenever you cast a creature spell, make a one, one grub. I don't know. So, you got the power right. Wow, um, cool. I think that's about it. It's not even a creature grub. It's a creature grub. Yeah, it's a grub. Trent, you definitely know this one, Trent, because this one was like a staple in Limited. Yeah, so what he said, you gains two, uh, gains two energy when you enter. And you can eat yes. two energy and it gets a 1-1 one, one counter. How much, how, how much does it cost? Give me the whole card. I don't know. Really? I didn't play, no. a, I, I didn't play a whole lot of this. Interesting. Thing. So this is one and a red for a two one, and then it's part of the thriving cycle. So there's one of these in each color. Yeah, I, I could. This is the th- this is the thriving one. I couldn't yeah. remember. You said grubs, and I I can remember like the turtle and the rhino, but I couldn't remember yep. this one. So these creatures all when they enter the battlefield, you got two energy, and when they attack, you could spend two energy to put a plus one plus one counter on them. Mm. So they all um, they they're all pretty good, and they're all like an energy sink, and also create energy, and then. We had a similar cycle in Aether Revolt that, same thing, the end of the battlefield, they made two energy, and then when they attacked, you could pay two energy to make a 1-1 yeah, servo. Yeah, the servos in the Aether Revolt. Revolt. Which yep. is a similar thing. So these ones, the red ones are 2-1 two, for 2, the white one is a 2-4 for 4, the blue one's an 0-4 oh, for 1. Yeah, the Thriving Turtle. The black one is... What is the black one? Is it like a 2-3 for 3 or something? I actually don't know. And the green one's a... Large. It's like a five or six mile. Anyway, next one. Anyway, next next card. They, those cards were fine. The white and the blue ones were probably better in limited. Uh, Bomat Courier. Did you say Bomat Courier? I did. Okay, great. Okay, cost one. It's an artifact. Um, gosh, I don't know what its subtype would be. Um, haste. Yes, yeah, so it's not a you- creature. Yeah, whenever you attack with Bomat Courier, exile the top card of your deck underneath, face down underneath. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, you can't look at it, can you? Yeah, so face down underneath Bomat Courier, uh, and then it's got red, sack Bomat Courier, um, discard your hand, put those cards underneath it <laughs> into your hand. Perfect. <laughs> All right, sweet. Perfect. It's a construct. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's exactly. Of course, I, I would have got construct, sorry, if you had a... Yeah, re asked that and re- yeah, I would have gone yeah, back yeah. to that and got No, nah, well, that's a point though. Look at Full you marks. go. Look at yeah. you. Go. Yeah. It had to be a card in Vintage Cube. <laughs> and you're absolutely right that you can't look at the cards under it. Exactly. But it was always of interesting, course. like, because when you fetch, you can you can often work out what's under it, especially on Magic Online, because it sorts your deck when you fetch. So not wow. so much in paper, but if like if you this came Dude. up and constructed in aggro decks, because if you were looking um, like if you needed a burn spell, you could when you fetch, you could quickly look through your deck and be like, "How many lightning strikes are in my deck still?" Dude, to work out whether there was so one under sick. it. Yeah. Wow, that is a really um. This whole podcast is worth it just for that bit of tech. That is amazing. <laughs> I, I would not have thought of doing that, of course. And especially in 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 cube, it's or draft, it's like so relevant, right? Because you've got one of everything, and it's like, what's not here? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. So that did I'll come up. Keep sometimes. that in mind. All right, thank you. Or any other search effect. There's your, there's your cube tip for the day. <laughs> I can't believe I got a card. 
right. I'm well done. Um, <laughs> welding of, sparks. It's got a lot of text. Welding sparks. Oh, man. Best red comment. I, I... Best red comment by a lot. Re- really? Um, welding sparks. I don't know. It's like probably three in a red. Welding sparks deals four damage to any target. That's actually close. Mm. That's not too bad. It's a burn spell. Deal. Okay. Deal three, three, three? three plus yeah. uh, the amount of artifacts you control to target creature I'll or planeswalker. Yep. yep, uh, yep. Just creature. How much does it cost? It's also? Two, two and a red. Yeah, two and a red. Two and a red instant. Doesn't get planeswalkers? Yeah. Doesn't get planeswalkers. Uh, I thought it might have because this is when the trope of targeting exactly. planeswalkers came out. Yeah, because this was... Well, no, this wasn't. It was later on. This was substantially before that. Yeah, this is way before that happened. This is before. This is before that, and the reason that matters is that oh. Chandra, which we talked about earlier, got a huge nerf when they changed that rule. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, okay, yep. Because it's plus one went from doming enemy planeswalkers for two to only doming opponents, mm. and that made a big difference. Mm. Oh wow, yeah, gee, if, if the card needed to be better. Yeah. Um, mm. So what do you guys, just just as a quick tangent though, do you guys think, is this a scummy play to say before that rule changed to say lightning bolt and someone say, and, and for them to say, is it going to target me or my planeswalker? And they're like, it's going to target you. Okay, cool. I'll let that resolve. I'll target you redirecting it to your planeswalker. Scummy or? No, not scummy. Man, you're it, such a spike, dude. Wow. Uh, yeah, no. It, well, so it depends on the level. If I'm playing casually, then yeah. But in, in PBTQ or above, no. Because it's not targeting your planeswalker. Because that's literally what you have to do. I mean, the literal rule There's, is you... There is multiple times that... Yeah. And I'll go on record to say that I've... like cast, I'll say, I'll bolt you. And, mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll bolt you. And I'll say, well, what are you targeting? Ta- I'll bolt you. Because that's yeah. that's that's the information you need to start with. That's the information that is on the stack. Man, it's actually yeah. a tactical thing of you. You actually don't get to know, and that it often won't come up because most of the time it'll be obvious what's beneficial for me whether I'm killing your planeswalker or killing you, right? But that it is, is actually a tactical thing of when you have to choose to let that resolve without knowing which I'm yeah. going for. So. Yeah, if you're playing at any level, I suppose with stakes where that's relevant, and at the time that is. The way the rule it's just complete it's yeah it's completely completely legal and not i don't i don't see any ambiguity in that at all when the rule was out because it that was just it and a lot of the game state was like you know your chandra's on three and i'm on 17 you're going to cast lightning bolt i know where it's going you know the very yeah, sure. very yeah. few yeah. times was it like oh are you going to kill you know it's like the only real corner case is like say i'm on like six i have a jace mind sculptor in play and you have like two cards in hand and my jace is on three and it's like I have yeah. to determine whether you're going to kill Jace or you're going to kill me, and what work, what oh what yeah matters, actually, you know? it's, but it's yeah. very so, niche and not not as hard, not as bad once you think about it, rather than putting it into words. Yeah, no, no, and actually, the more you describe it, I'm actually starting to think. Wait, isn't it actually scummy for the other person to ask that yes. question? Because yeah. if they were asking that question of someone who who was a new player, like if it was my first PBTQ, I might think that I have to respond with what I'm doing. And if that's hitting the planes or, or hitting or doming them in a situation where it maybe seems like, well, that must mean he's got this in his hand if he's doming me when Chandra's right there. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So that actually makes it almost yeah. more scummy for the, yeah. Interesting. Like, yeah. Like it's actually, imagine if, yeah, you know, perfect, perfect scenario. It's like that, what I just said then, and you want to kill the Jace and, and I say, I, I bolt you and you say, oh, targets. I say, bolt you. And you say, okay, it resolves. Okay. Kill Jace. 
It's like, no, no, yeah. you said target me. And I said, yeah, but I, that's not how it works. Like, you're the new, like, you know, that's not that's how it works. It and and to, I have that ambiguity. Yeah. And it's just like, that's yeah. so murky, right? Like, you just don't want that shit. Yeah. Okay. I'm convinced. That's, yeah, good rebuttal. All right. Next card, Aerial Responder. Is a, oh, man. Okay, there's something to do with energy. It's like a two, three, oh, it's, it's a three-cost colorless artifact dwarf. Um, it's a two three flyer when it enters get two energy. One 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 blue. One 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 white white flying vigilance lifeline. <laughs> two three. Yeah, two three. So you got about half I got of two, that day. All right. Actually yeah. I it's really interesting to me the things you got right and the things you got completely wrong. Oh, like I can see it's a three minor artifact. Yeah, is the person is, is it someone kind of like in the air flying and they're kind of like on their side, like diagonally on their so side. He looks, yeah, he looks like he's hang gliding, except exactly. that rather than a hang glider, he's got a hot air balloon. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and he's a like, dwarf. does he have yeah. a monocle? Yes. 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 See, look at that. <laughs> yeah. And this is that is true. That I so I can see the card like in my mind's eye, and I can see that it's a dwarf and that whole thing, but just no idea the actual yeah. what it does. This card was affectionately known as Vampire Whitehawk. Whitehawk. See. So niche constructible, I think. Very niche. Yeah, I think in the early days it did. Yeah, yeah, like shortly in in five set standard. I think the that. difference between vampire nighthawk, like the 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 life the life of vampire, the life that vampire nighthawk lived in, and then the life that aerial responder, the power level difference is uh, quite substantial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think nighthawk is better, but also just the formats were completely different. <laughs> I mean, they're not close. Vampire nighthawk is. Much better card. Yeah, it, it is. It is. All right. Uh, hijack. This is a really uh, good um, card. Okay, so it's going to be something to do with stealing a vehicle. And it's probably red if it's stealing it. Um, uh, I don't know, like red, uh, red, and two instant. No, no. Would, would it be instant? Oh, could be instant or a sorcery. Um, gain control of target vehicle. Crew it and untap it. It gains haste end of turn or something like that. Uh, one and two red sorcery, uh, act of treason, but it crews a vehicle. Okay, uh, yeah, both they're both kind of close. So one red red sorcery, gain control of target artifact or creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste. So it's act of treason, but it can take an artifact. It doesn't. Ah, it doesn't actually vehicles. crew vehicles oh, for itself. Okay. okay. Mm. I really like this card. I like how it's it's a like small little change on a very recognizable card in Act of Treason, a very recognizable effect, and Hijack is a great flavor for it, and it just fits so well in this world. Yeah. I, I feel like they really missed an opportunity Nerd. stealing a vehicle and calling Nerd. it Hijack. That'd be awesome. Well, it does steal vehicles. It steals artifacts. But it, it doesn't automatically crew the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, but, just... yeah but I mean, like, steal it and crew it, like, so that it's... Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the word Hijack kind of feels like it would crew the vehicle. I don't know. No, but exactly, if, yeah. If you steal the vehicle, you still need someone to pilot the vehicle once you've stolen it. Yeah, but it's you. But it's the spell, right? You're using the powers of the spell. The spell's called hijack. Yeah. You're stealing a car. Like, how do you steal a fucking car? You get behind the wheel. I'm not wrong here. I'm not wrong here. <laughs> this is a All right, so I think this creature needs an additional cost if you have to tap a creature you control to. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I know, I know what you mean. It feels weird a little bit. Yeah. But. I also think... Eh, actually, I don't know that would have been too powerful, to be honest. Nah, I don't think so. It wasn't very good. No. Card number eight, Restoration Gearsmith. 
Oh, it's going to be white, uh, white and two. I always just say white and two or whatever and two. Um, white and two. I don't recall any, but I didn't play limited again, and I don't think this was constructed. I don't recall any flash creatures. So although you'd think it would maybe flash in and save something. Well, I'm just going to say that it will. Uh, it's a 2-2. Two, two, doesn't have flying. It has flash when it enters ETBs, exile target creature you control. Um, at your end step, brings it back. Two white, <laughs> two white black, three, three. Uh, enters a battlefield return target artifact from a graveyard to your hand. And target creature. And target or, creature. Sorry, or, or target. I knew it was an artifact. artifact. Wasn't sure about Target creature, artifact but... or creature. Yeah, wasn't sure if it was okay. a grave digger. I thought it might have been just That's... for artifacts. No, it is It is either. It's interesting. I didn't even think about Restoration Angel there. But yeah. you're right. That would have been interesting. Mm. Homage. Mm. That was yeah. a that was a bon- that was a, a bonkers card in limited two. Quite good. That does sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah, pretty definitely. good. I love the flavor text on it. All she touches turns to well oiled, delicately calibrated, perfectly balanced gold. <laughs> Do like gold. Love it. All right, next let's go. Card number nine. Iron League Steed. <laughs> it's a vehicle. No, when it'll be a horse. Um so it's not a vehicle. it's okay, iron. Iron League Steed. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I, oh, oh. I think I know this one. I think I know this one. I feel like I want this to be a really big, really badly costed vehicle uh, with a massive crew cost, but I'm going to say it's a horse because it says Steed. Although I don't remember any horses. If it's a horse, it's probably white. So it's going to be like white and four for a. Four four vigilant horse. <laughs> That's Trent, it. Five mana four five uh construct artifact creature. Elephant. It is elephant. Uh pay one white <laughs> to give it vigilance. No. Ah no. Think of the wrong card. Yeah, you are thinking of uh, what is it called? I know the card you're thinking of. I can picture it. You're thinking of Bastion Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, cool. The artwork just Got me. Which was a pretty good card. Uh, it, was, it wasn't good. It was... What is this card? Iron League Steed, so it's an uncommon, which is why I didn't know this card either. It is a 4-mana 2-2 two, two artifact creature construct with haste and fabricate 1. So it either oh, came in as a 3-3 three, three or a 2-2 two, two and a 1-1. One, yep. one. For 5-mana? Okay. For 4. Oh. Not good. Yeah, nah. Would never have got that. That's... Nah. No. That is not a good card. No. Man. All right. All right. Next, let's go. Card number ten. Rush of vitality. Uh, it's probably like uh, two to green instant target creature gets plus oh, two plus two. Uh, turn, turn. One in a black instant target creature gains indestructible and plus plus one plus zero. And also lifelink. And lifelink. Otherwise okay. correct. That was no. that was a good trick. Yeah, because this is this is a trick where you like you win com it wins combat. You get the two you get the two for one and you get life. Yeah, yeah, and and the life made a big difference as well because this format was often pretty aggressive. Yeah, it was cabs. Yeah, giving life link, you know, gaining like five life or whatever actually made a big difference. Mm. All right, well that was ten. You got one. Shall we go bonus, bonus round. round? One more. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. This is for ten points. Let's go. 
Okay, yeah, to yeah. Take the lead. The other, other nine, other than Bohemian Career. Yep. Larger than life. Maybe this is like what I was thinking. So maybe this is like green and. Oh, I feel like it's going to be huge. It's going to be like green and three. Green and three instant target creature gets plus five, plus five till end of turn and trample. Would you say green and how much? And. and, and uh, did I say? I think I said green and three. Wait, yeah, green and three. Yeah, because it couldn't be green and four. Green and three. Trent, do you want to stab at this one? Dan's uh, guess is not the furthest thing ever. I uh, larger than life. Mm. I, I think I, I I think I've got the wrong card. I thought it was just like a big pump sorcery. I thought it was like two mana plus five plus five or something. So it's two mana, one on green, sorcery, plus four, plus four, and trample. Oh my god, I was so close. Oh, okay. My, my costing I thought it was plus up, four, yeah. plus four. I'm like, that's, that doesn't sound right, so I'll go plus five, plus five. But the trample. Yeah, so this card was relevant in Electrostatic Pummeler decks. Yeah. Because oh, trample yeah. was really important, and you didn't, you didn't need your pumps to be instant speed anyway. So you just wanted as much as you could get, and four plus the one from Pummeler doubled twice is 20 exactly. Mm. Wow. Nice. So this is how you set up like turn four kills and stuff. All right. Well, there were some that were mildly embarrassing. You did good. Um, there was one good yeah. one, and the rest were really, really bad. So there we go. I gave it a crack, and yeah, I, I think I drafted that set once. So. I want to do you on yeah. Cal time. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Because I know that you've, oh. I know that you've done Cal yeah. time. So I want to see like the the calibration, <laughs> like your limited calibration. <laughs> Yeah, yep. but I think uh, yeah, you you probably would overestimate how well I would do. Like, I have it, no estimation, so I can't be disappointed. Yeah. Also, Kaldheim is actually really difficult because a lot of those cards have so much text on them. That is true. Yeah, Let's do a flash round of Kaldheim. Oh man! All right, at the end we'll do three at the end. We're, we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit Ian's. I reckon we'll do. Uh, I'll cut this out. But I reckon we'll do Kaldheim next week because this is going on <laughs> this is this is yeah this is an hour and a quarter we'll do it next week because i want to talk more about our time all right hit me with um is this your one here yes all right so i'm going to do this for you too are oh, you going to do it for us okay yeah yeah because there's uh if there was no chance for me in inner there's absolutely zero chance at least i would have got okay. snap custom age in your <laughs> yeah this... all right oh. i'm trying to think Round... if there are any cards in gatecrash you would know from cube or like um, I'll also, know if I see one for sure. Yeah. You get the shock lands. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's that, which, yeah. Okay, round one, Ian. Arrows of Justice. Arrows of Justice. So this is a Boros hybrid card. It costs... Hmm, I think this is... Oh, it's either one or two in a red. It deals damage to... Attacking or blocking creatures? Or does it hit blocking creatures or only attacking? I want to say one in a red deal four to target attacking or blocking creature, and it's like one and a red-white hybrid. Yeah, uh, very close, but it's two and a red-white hybrid. That's exactly what it does. Oh, That's you four damage? It. Uh, yeah, Arrows of Justice deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. Not a good card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, this limited format was like... A huge density of good aggressive two drops at common, especially in Mardu colors. So, three minor removal is not that good. Round two, 
Urbis Protector. Uh, so this is four white white. It's a one one human cleric, and when it enters the battlefield, you make a four four angel with flying. That's insane. Yes, it's exactly that. Wait, have you? Did you like research this before? This is so unfair. That's one of the first foils I ever owned. It has really cool art. It has like a guy up really close to the camera with like a big angel behind him. It looks really pretty in foil. Yeah, and he's holding some kind of cool rock that looks sick. Yeah, and the fact that it costs six with a white white or four white white and is a one one. Yeah, uh, but I think it's really cool in flicker decks, which is a thing people like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Here's another uh, here's another big splashy Timmy card for you. Lord of the Void. So that's, oh god, I actually don't know this card. It's a giant demon of some sort, though, so it'll be like, Lord of the Void, um, five black, black, five, five flyer with, actually, I have no idea on this one. Your guess is better than most of my guesses. Trent, have you got? I don't have it. Lord of the Void is a seven mana, so four black, black, black. Creature, demon, flying. Whenever Lord of the Void deals combat damage to a player, exile the top seven cards of that player's library, then put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield under your control. Oof, that's badass. Mm, I'm looking at the art now, and this is cool art. This is Chris Moran art. It's cool. I remember seeing this card. I've definitely never cast this or seen it cast. Yes. Very cool if you got that one off. Uh, Sky Blinder Staff. Skyblinder stuff. Oh, so this is a... It's an equipment, and it gives flying, and, like... I want to say, like, plus three, plus... I want to say it was really expensive. I want to say it was, like, four, and equipped for, like, three, and gives flying, and plus three, plus zero? That's pretty far off, Mm -hmm. other than the fact that it's an equipment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the word flying is on it. Um... Trent, any idea? No, don't have it. Skyblinder Staff is a one-mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus O, and can't be blocked by creatures with flying. And it's three to equip, not four. Oh, God, yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. It says, if bats are the only thing between me and a mountain of Orzov coins, then I'm about to be a very rich thief. Yeah, I can picture the staff that has like angel wings. Cannot remember this one. Just this is gone for me. Yeah, exactly. The staff has angel wings. Uh, It looks like Amy from Evanescence holding it. um, (laughs) There's a bat flying towards the camera, and uh, it's all good. Good. All right, next card. I'm not doing that well here. Uh, He came out firing. Urbis Protector was pretty impressive, but Gateway Shade. Uh, This is. Um, three and a black. Oh, okay, three and a black. One one with the shade ability. So black, it gets plus one plus one until end of turn. So one one, black. Oh, am I thinking of? Oh no, that's Cryptgast. It's not Cryptgast. Yeah, that's the one that doubles mana. It's not that one. This is like a common. So maybe it's a three mana or no, four mana. I think you were right. Four mana. Is it just a four mana one one with the shade ability? Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Might be a two. It might be a two one. There's a there's another really big Does clause. It no. Gateway shade. Oh, uh, is is this something to do with gates? I have no idea what though. 
Because this is the gates, the head gate payoffs. If you don't, yeah, I, I think we can't. We, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but yep, we can't no, no. give you the points. That's fine. It's, it's three mana, so two and a black. It's a mana. creature, shade, you got that. Pay one black, gateway shade, gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. But tap an untapped gate you control. Gateway Shade gets plus two, plus two until the end yeah, of turn. Yeah, okay. This is the sort of card that I think would be fine to good in most like normal limited formats. And in this format, it was just actively very bad because everyone had an aggressive two draw and you just couldn't play a three yeah. one one. Yeah. That required you to like do other things with it. I remember this card sucking. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't block. They've played two, like three power two drops and you're just dead. Speaking of sucking... The artwork on the next card does the opposite of that because it looks sick. <laughs> okay. <it's> Treasury <laughs> Thrall. Oh, this is uh, four mana. Uh, four mana. Six mana. F- oh, wait, no. Is this the one? Oh, God. There's two I'm thinking of. So there's one of these that it gives. Oh, no, that's arms based. I'm thinking of. It's a four mana, six, six. And it gives lifelink to creatures that block it. So this is the six mana, four, four. It has extort. And it has something to do with artifact enchantment creature. Is it when it enters the battlefield, it returns one to your hand? I think that's it. I think it's a giant grave digger. And can you elaborate further on the cost of this creature? Oh, sorry, four white black. Sure. Yeah. Uh, very, very close. Uh, you're getting the points. Whenever it attacks, you may return target artifact creature or enchantment from... Your graveyard to your hand. So, Ian, on the points for that one, on the scoreboard, well done. Uh, your next card is Crackling Perimeter. Uh, this is one and a red enchantment. Tap. And, oh, is it tap one or two and two? It's, it, it, it's, it's, it pings the opponent. And I'm trying to remember if this tapped one or two gates. I th- whether you have to tap one or two gates to ping your opponent with it. I yeah. want to say it's only tap one. Well, okay, you get the point. That points. might be a bit good. It that's might be it. Two, actually. No, no, that's it. It's Crackling Perimeter. It's, it's one and a red enchantment. Tap and untap gate you control. Crackling Perimeter deals one damage to each so, opponent. I'm the person who built a Maze's End deck and had this in my deck. You're the worst person. Sick. <laughs> the FNM. Fuck that. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you played against like Mill or something and they milled your one of gate. Like, because the gates that were on color, you played a couple, yeah, right? You but, play against but like Demir Ford. Gate, you had one Demir Gate. And yeah. if you played against the random player at FNM playing Mill and they milled your Demir Gate, you had to have a second win con. So you played a couple Crackling. Mindgrind was everybody's favorite FNM card. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that good and constructed, but, you know, at FNM, when I'm playing my Mazes and deck, Pillow, I can't get my Pillow Fort All Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <Here's, laughs> this artwork is amazing. This is a good set. Kingpin's pet. Uh, this is one black white two two flyer with extort. Yeah, man. Quite good. Quite good. <laughs> yeah, this is quite good. This was yeah, this was good. Can you tell me what he's holding? No, but he's an ugly as thrall. Has he got a it's like goblet? A wrinkly. Is it nah, crown or goblet? No, nah, he's well. It's, yeah, it's a thrall. No, no. Oh he's no, got, it'll be he's, like he's, an, it'll be like an ear or something or a finger or something horrific, right? No, he's flying in front of this big castle and he's got. Gold knuckle dusters on his head. <laughs> uh, so he's got like these massive Mr. T chains uh, and one of those little crown things. That's Hilarious. so good. I hope we get this sort of aesthetic in the set next year that is um, one of them is it's, it's gangland essentially. 
I hope no. we get this aesthetic then. Knuckle dust, gold knuckle dusters and chains. I, uh, I, I really, I'm really struggling with these cards because I can't get past the the last Ravnica set. Like, oh sure, yeah. Because like we did so much testing for that, and it's not that old. I just cannot get past the uh, the, the new set. Anyway, continue. Yep. All right, round nine. Uh, we seem to be on a massive Orzov theme here. Death and, and like. Timmy theme, Death Pact Angel. Oh, so this is uh, three white, white, black, black, five, five, flying angel. Uh, and it's this is the one that when it dies, it makes a cleric. And you can pay, oh God, is it like three black, white, and sack the cleric to reanimate Death Pact Angel? That's, yeah. you definitely are getting the point for this. So... There's a few things that so it's three white black black not three white white black black. Oh god, it's such um, a weird cost. <laughs> yeah, flying. You got uh, when it dies. Put a. I don't know if we need to specify that a cleric is one one. Yep, um, and it has three white black black. So the same cost as the card. Oh sure. Sack this creature. Return. Yeah. Wow, that's not bad yeah. though. All right. Uh, did you play it ever or? No, I mean it. You know, it was it was decent and limited, but. No, really it's good way too expensive. I mean, probably pretty good and sealed, right? Oh, sealed. Was sealed really fast? No, no, sealed was less. Sealed was was less fast. But yeah, not not good, not good in draft really. Yeah. This format was one of the fastest formats in. Oh, I was gonna say recent format sucked. This... Just sucked because Demir was. Just it was kind of like what, what the color blue is in AFR now. It just sucks. Yeah. The. The the Demir, what was it called? Like it wasn't called Imprint. What was the, what was the no, keyword? No, it was called um, it was Cipher. Cipher. So hit, yeah, it was so bad. You, yeah, you cast it and then you got to exile on a creature you controlled, and whenever that creature yeah. hit the opponent, you got to recast the spell. But the problem was, they didn't seed enough, like, you know, like little because like, it was meant to be like a rogue, right? And that sort of idea, but there weren't enough like evasive rogues and also in this format it's like this slow grindy thing like the the commons were like four mana target player discards cards mm-hmm. like four mana draw card so it's like these slow expensive sorceries you have to get value by like chipping away with evasive creatures and meanwhile your opponent's like so i'll play this two mana three two and now i'll attack them like creatures and this one's got flying and this one's got first strike and you're dead yeah i remember the 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 uncommon like the whisperings or whatever i was like four mana one one four mana make a one one flyer and then you cipher and that was like the best uncommon for Demir, and yep. it was awful, just totally awful. The there was a rare a six mana rare that made you made your opponent sack a permanent, discard a card, and lose a life. I remember seeing like very niche constructed play yeah. for that sometimes. It's just like a a value thing for control mirrors. Control mirrors. Yeah. Anyway, was that around? No, no, this is ten. Okay. Um. I'm starting to wonder if the randomizer is truly random because all I'm I'm just seeing every time they come up, I'm just seeing Nick Chow, just Nick Chow after Nick Chow. We got Orzov Keyrune. Oh, so the Keyrunes were, these were the uncommon mana rocks for this set. So they're all three mana and they tap for either of the guild colors. So this one's black or white. And then they all have, um, they can turn into a creature for... This one's black white. I'm trying to think if they're all. I think they're all just like A B. I don't think any of them had any generic mana in them. So this one's a one four life. Yep. 
That is exactly what that card is. Key runes were dope. They were. They were really good. God, I love Rakdos key rune, dude. I, I just yeah, love the first strike, three on first strike. Yep, real good. And for your bonus round, it's a card that I mean, I just don't see how this card's playable in any format whatsoever. Hellkite Tyrant. Oh god, so this is a giant dragon. This is probably I can picture it. Um it uh, Oh, this is the one that steals artifacts, and if <laughs> and if you have twenty artifacts it, you win the game. Um it's like seven mana five five flyer and it I think when it deals combat damage to a player, you like get to steal that many artifacts from them, equal to the damage you dealt. Trent? <laughs> ah, I, I don't think it has that last clause, but go for it. It's a six mana, four red red creature, dragon, flying trample. The trample is relevant. Whenever Hellkite Tyrant deals combat damage to a player, gain control of all artifacts that player controls. At yeah, the beginning right. of your upkeep, if you control 20 or more artifacts, you win the game. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's statted a lot better than I had it. But yeah, it's the the joke with this card is like, so so you you win the game if you have 20 or more artifacts, but that implies you probably hit them at least once, maybe twice with your 6-5. So like... Was EDH already a format when this was out? Yeah, because this is obviously utterly off the chain right like you just hit someone steal seven artifacts then you hit the next guy steal another seven hit the next guy steal I'm gonna, how many they've got i'm gonna resolve this against yep. you in highlander <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no i'm having nightmares oh I'm gonna, god i'm gonna get buy it out on every single online i wish this card had haste because then it would actually be like there'd be a reason to play it but the problem is you play it yeah it gets killed doesn't have haste proof nothing yeah yeah, and it like, and also just has to wait a turn to attack. If this was like a five-five haste for six, yeah. or something, even just like a four-four haste for six, it did actually be like kind of interesting. At, at 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 a bare minimum, costing six mana, it should draw you a card, let you play an extra land this turn, <laughs> and and gain some silly amount of life. At the, at bare <laughs> minimum, it's a red dragon. It's not going to do any of those things. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is this is the period where every set had a mythic red dragon in it. They still do, right? Pretty much. There's not always. They're not always as blatant about like it being a mythic, but pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and once again, the artwork off the chain, massive. I mean, this is a real. This is you know, this is your typical. This is what you picture when you think of a dragon in mm-hmm. Western folklore. It's. Yeah, yep. it's got its whole body wrapped around a, a big Real small steeple. type operator. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's ripping the clock out of this building. It looks sick. It is real good. Is that Horrible. clock? What is that? I don't know. Dunno. That was a fun game. I'm glad we did that. Trent definitely won by a, by a lot. Oh, by a mile. That was insane. Yeah. You did a pretty good, pretty good man. I had a rough patch in the middle. I came out real strong and I finished all right. But there was a mm. real rough patch in the middle where I had no idea. <laughs> Um, that was a lot of fun though we should do this again sometime because I think it brings out a lot of really interesting stories and musings about these old sets that's very interesting I think so to to sort of pull back the curtain a little bit you did say when we discussed this that Caltime would be the set you would know most and we sort of vetoed it on the theory that it was a bit recent but (laughs) 
I think we will we will come back next week and go through Kalheim because I think there will be some good stories from that and it will be a difficult set. There's a lot of words on those cards. Yes, there certainly are. And uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Maybe we can just make it like a sub. Like, you know, like you listen to Reese Lee Wolves that are like, take a quick break from the pod. It's like, we're going to take a break and ask Papak what this card is, what Path of World Tree does. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a random card every set, every episode. <laughs> That's it. That'll be right after the Trent beating Nath story. Oh, love it. That's Thanks, good. Nath. I really enjoy your existence, dude. You're fantastic. <laughs> we all do. Absolutely fantastic bloke. Um, we love to make fun of him, but fantastic friend to all of us. So. And gives it just as good as he gets it. He knows it. He's 100%. Fine. That's the reason he hasn't <laughs> been on the podcast yet, is because we'd all get shredded. That's exactly right. I'm not having that on my own podcast. Um, Start your own podcast. A quick nod back to Nate. A quick, quick bump from Nate to Trent is last week after we were talking about, uh, I was talking about my admiration for Palaka Worm. He, he messaged me and he's like, I like the part of the podcast that you left out where I beat you with my garbage deck that had a Palaka Worm in it. Like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, no, no. That was actually, no. I'm actually going to tell that story. So because it was funny. So it was at the, the last nationals and, uh, I had said to Nath, it was it was day two draft, and we're both still alive for top eight. And I had said to Nath that I really like green in the set, and I thought it was the the best color anyway. So we both draft, we're not in the same pod, and we sit down uh, to build each other's deck. And I said to Nath, I said, whoever's got the better deck gets a beer. And so he he like lays out my deck, and he's kind of like nodding his head. He's like, yeah, this looks this looks good. It's like green red had like couple of the uncommons a couple of really powerful rares it was it was actually quite good and then i laid out his green black deck and i'm just shaking my head i'm like no <laughs> and so i i i i finish i uh, i end up 3-0ing the, the draft pod and and then i watch nathan nathan Nath ends up 3-0ing his and he's like ah oh, so we both 3 0 so hey you want to do this i'm like well we clearly battle and then uh so we sit down and on He's on the play. I play a Mana Rock on turn two. He plays nothing. I put a land into play and play Sarkins on ceiling, which is oh. almost an unbeatable enchantment in that set. Jesus. And he looks at his hand and he looks at it and he goes, that's an enchantment, right? And he just plays his third land, plays Reclamation Sage and kills my Sarkins <laughs> on ceiling. <laughs> and then like, so it gets, to, gets deeper down the line where he has Palakawu in play. I have some like a bunch of creatures and like a deal damage spell and they thinks about this thinks about this attack attacks it like a worm i like block in a way that is really suspicious and i can't remember but it just kerfluffles over the knife and he just like taps out for another creature and i go to kill his pluck worms like oh i'll just give it this unplayable combat trick it's like one in a black <laughs> Uh, if your creature would die, return it and draw a card. Oh. <laughs> it's just like not a playable card in that format. So he just gains another seven life, draws two cards, and puts his black worm back into play. <laughs> I just like fucking scoop up my cards. <laughs> I just, and I just, I will never live it down. Like, it's just like face value, you definitely go the over, but yeah, the old reclamation sage into black worm. Oof. That is. Uh, uh, that's actually uh, so much better to know that that story occurred 
not in, you know, the top eight of a PPTQ or something, but just at nationals after you've both 3 0'd playing for a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> didn't think I was uh didn't think I was going dry in the mouth after that one for sure. <laughs> Sitting down it was pretty tidy, but yeah. That fucking reclamation oh. stage wrecked me. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well on that note, thank you for listening to the Faction Podcast this week and thank you both for hanging out with me and shooting the shit and telling stories. That was a lot of fun. Definitely yeah. something we'll do again. I see Kyle's playing Path of Exile. <sighs> Bye Kyle. Hey Kyle. <laughs>